Welcome to another episode of Money is Freedom. We're recording today in our beautiful Briarcliff studio overlooking the Missouri River Valley near Kansas City. I look out our windows at both Missouri and Kansas. Way back in 2002, I wrote a book called Million Dollar Management. The idea was to share some of the science of portfolio management with novice investors. Many people then, as many people now, didn't understand that investing had grown beyond guessing at stocks or selecting bonds with the highest interest rates. Large portfolio managers employed a different approach. The largest pools of money, pension plans, charitable endowments, university foundations, applied portfolio science in a deliberate way. In simple terms, they focused more on the forest and less on the trees. My book attempted to share those lessons so that family investors could use the same techniques for family financial success. Million Dollar Management was the name I chose to emphasize that those big money lessons work just as well for your 401k or IRA. This series of podcasts are going to revisit and update some of those ideas. This one, processes and methods create success. Several baseline understandings are necessary to get started. First, there are as many opinions about investing as there are investors, but that doesn't mean they're all informed, honest, or successful. Collect your opinions from reputable sources. Your friends, relatives, and colleagues, FRCs, I call them freaks, probably aren't reputable for investing. A bit of luck is isn't a process. The media loves winners, but winning the lottery isn't a skill. The same with investing. Some people make money simply because they are in the right place at the right time or because they are incredibly lucky. It's a mistake to assume they are brilliant just because they did well once or twice. Even a broken clock is right twice a day. So here is my comprehensive eight-step process. First, establish objectives for each separate portfolio. So if you're saving to buy a new house or you're saving to buy a new car, each of those should be a separate goal or objective and the money that you set aside should be managed separately. Create an asset allocation strategy, a recipe mix that offers promise for fulfilling objectives for each of those portfolios. Number three, establish a custodial relationship that meets safety, flexibility, and service needs. Any of the major brokerage houses will do, but I particularly like Schwab, Fidelity, and TD Ameritrade. They offer a broad array of services and a broad array of products to help meet your needs. Four, review professional managers or unmanaged index funds for different segments of the allocation strategy. Choose stocks from large companies, smaller companies, and international companies. Balance them with bonds from different issuers, government, corporations, maybe even some foreign issuers too. Five, implement the asset allocation strategy, taking care to dollar cost average larger portions that haven't been invested. Buy portions at predetermined intervals. So what you do here, if you have $100,000 to invest and it wasn't in the market before, in the stock market before, you might break it into four chunks and say, I'm going to buy a chunk every three months until I get all the money invested. The advantage there is that if the market goes up or if the market goes down, you'll have money 
reinvested at both of those levels. The most uncomfortable thing you could do is put the whole $100,000 into the markets now and then have the market take a tumble. It feels bad and it might distract you from accomplishing your goals. So dollar cost averaging makes a lot of sense as you get started managing money. Six, monitor the performance of allocation segments against appropriate benchmarks and manager peers. Most investors do a really bad job of monitoring investments. We use Morningstar, but there are a number of other places you can go to review a manager's performance against other similar managers. Okay, It doesn't pay to compare a bond manager against a stock manager or compare a stock portfolio to a bank certificate. What you need to do is compare the stock portfolio against a similar stock portfolio or compare a bond portfolio against a similar bond portfolio and monitor them on an ongoing basis. If they stub their toe or don't do a good job, replace them. That's really easy to do. And most of the custodians that I recommended earlier, you can make those changes without any any kind of transaction fees. So monitoring is really important. And what I found is when individuals monitor their own performance, they tend to forgive mistakes. So if somebody came to me and I bought something and it didn't do well, they'd demand an explanation and hopefully I'd be able to give it to them. But if they bought that same thing for themselves and it didn't do well, they probably would think nothing of it. I think that's a mistake. Seven, make changes carefully and reluctantly. This is tough for many investors. It's really hard to admit your mistakes. So if you bought something and it didn't work very well, let them have an opportunity to work out of it, but eventually pull the trigger and replace them. I find that it's really hard for people to sell something or replace something that they chose themselves. And eight, stay the course until you meet each defined objective. If one of your objectives was to raise $100,000 to buy a new house, now stick with it until you raise that $100,000. Don't get distracted by the stuff on TV. Stick with your plan because it will work given enough time. Now some practical solutions. Those are my eight steps and that's the way I manage portfolios and I think that's the way you should manage portfolios. But here are some practical solutions. There's a simple three-step process for each financial goal. Okay, instead of eight, we can break it down to three. Define the goal, choose the right asset mix, evaluate occasionally. So if you want the shortcut, that's it. Define your goal, choose the right asset mix, and evaluate occasionally. Don't get bogged down in research. Individual fund or manager performance is a small part of the process. Use sources that you're comfortable in choosing managers. Morningstar, Money or Kiplinger Magazine, The Wall Street Journal, Barron's, they all have lists of good managers that they have pre-screened. Find one of those that you're comfortable with and stick with it. Allow managers time to perform and understand that sectors and regions cycle on their own schedule. Don't fret about lagging sectors. Let the process work. So we see this occasion. We'll build a portfolio and maybe part of the portfolio will be in international stocks. Three years later, people come in and say, well, you know, international stocks haven't done that well over the last three years. Maybe we ought to get out of them. I can see where that happens, but the answer is if they haven't done well over the last three years, 
they're probably coming into their cycle. I mean, there's going to be a time when they're going to do very well and the U.S. stocks aren't going to do so well. But you have to hold on through the cycles in order to enjoy those kinds of performances. Don't get frustrated by the process. This is the classic rabbit turtle story. Investing is a marathon. Slow and steady wins the race. The stock market especially grows in fits and starts. It might lose money for a period of time. It might stay flat for a period of time. But when it jumps, it may jump 20%. There can be lengthy periods where stocks seem to do nothing and then they rocket upwards and make up for the slower times. Don't get frustrated. Just sit out and wait for the performance that is part of the cycle. Find a good fiduciary advisor to help. Not next week or next month or when I get some money. Today, you surely fall into one of two categories. You know what you need and a professional can help you get better or you don't know what you need, which is an even stronger case for getting help. Michael Gerber is a world-renowned business consultant and writer. His 1986 book was called The E-Myth and it explored why most businesses don't work and what to do about it. The book and its 1995 sequel have sold millions of copies worldwide. E-Myth stands for Entrepreneurial Myth, and it refers to the common misconception that good technical skills are the cornerstone of successful businesses. It's the belief that the most successful bakery is owned by the most successful baker, or that the best restaurant is owned by the best cook, or that the top computer company was started by the best programmer. That seems to make sense. Is the best baseball team managed by the best baseball player? Is Taylor Swift or Justin Bieber the world's best singer? Gerber would say no. Those people and others like them are remarkably successful because they employ a solid process. They employ a system that allows them to tap a customer base with the money and desire to buy their products. The myth that talent rises to the top and requires little effort is flawed. The truth is that process trumps talent every time. The same is true for investing. The process, not wizardry, is what creates investment success. There's an old story where a crowded vendor is selling fishing lures on a wharf. The lures are uniquely bright and colorful and he can barely keep up with demand. A would-be fisherman hollers over the noise, so do the fish like these lures? The crusty old vendor grins back and answers, Mister, I ain't selling them to fish. Investment salespeople understand this. They have a new and exciting investment idea every single day. Those CNBC talking heads are interviewing the flashiest expert with the shiniest baubles. It's alluring, intriguing, and distracting. And it sells. What it doesn't do is catch fish. If the ideas don't get you where you're going, then they are poison to your plans. Let's work together to reach your destination. Remember, money is freedom, and freedom is fun.